live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Modern Feminine Conversation. I'm Amy Granat, your host, founder of Strong Soft Wild Programs for Feminine Embodiment. So happy to be back with you again this week. I hope you all are having a wonderful February and had a nice Valentine's Day if you celebrate that holiday. I won't go into that topic. (laughs) So I've got kind of a fun show for you today. Um, For those of you that are new to the show, um, just a little bit about my background um, because it's a little, I'm going to talk about something a little bit different than the main theme of the show today because I think it's an important actual part of today's, of the theme of the show. So my background is actually as a holistic nutritionist. So I'm a certified holistic nutritionist and I practice what's called functional nutrition. I have training there as well. Um, So as a functional nutritionist, essentially what I'm doing is I have more of an understanding of the physiology. So I don't just do diet plans and meal planning and things like that. I have a, I have a background and an understanding in what the physiology, so how the body functions, how the different systems of the body function separately and together. So that is how I approach someone when they're coming to work with me in the nutrition side of the world is what it, what are all the things that are going on for them? And then we're looking at all the symptoms and then we're kind of going upstream and saying, okay, where did all of this start? What's the root of this? Why, you know, how do all of these symptoms actually possibly interconnect because they usually do. So that's kind of how I work with people on the nutrition side. And then we're also weaving in how, how are they thinking? What are their thought patterns? You know, what is their stress level? How are their relationships going? What is their work environment? What is their Uh, environmental exposures as far as toxicity and chemicals and things like that. We're looking at the whole picture of the person's life because that's how we really make really good sustainable changes and and changes that actually work in their lives instead of this is the next best thing and go do this because that just, it doesn't work for most people. So that's kind of what I do as a, you know, on the other side of having this conversation, which is about the divine feminine, feminine and masculine energy, what those are, how they function, how they function together, um, and kind of the new way forward in being a woman and what the modern feminine is, because it's not, for me, it's not the approach of the feminist over the past hundred years, which aspects of that have been so critical as far as right to vote and things along those lines and all of the movements that have happened since then. But this conversation is more as, okay, we've, here we are. These are the things that have happened. How do we move forward? So you can go back to last week's show. I talked about what it means to be a strong woman. And I had really great feedback on um, Facebook. I had posted it out before the show and asking people what their definition was. So you can go back and listen to that last week. Because it was kind of the beginning of the conversation of what is the way forward. So I've done some background shows on what feminine is. I've had some great shows with my really good friend Janelle Hoyland on intimacy and relationships and need versus want and how we navigate that as women today from a place of softness and strength and feminine as opposed to being in the hard masculine. I've also kind of talked about, you know, us what those two mean in relationship to burnout because burnout is one of the number one things that I see in practice and I do a lot of conversation and education around burnout and all of the different facets of it because it is a very multifaceted issue. So today what I kind of wanted to talk about was um is the dangers of diet dogma. Uh, I did a Facebook live, um, just kind of touching on this. I think last week it's, I don't think it's on the modern feminine conversation Facebook page, but I'll post it there. I think it's on the strong, soft, wild, uh, my business page. So you can go there and listen to it. 
And I kind of touched on that a little bit based off of a podcast that I was listening to on observation health discussing this and what we're seeing along the lines of this pattern of the diet dogma. And then also um, a good friend of mine made a post about some changes that he had made in his diet and lifestyle and uh, coming back from a very serious stroke and all of the progress that he has made and how good he's feeling. And it's just, it's remarkable and it's wonderful. And I'm so incredibly proud of him. And in part of that post, he had shared in an article about how, why the keto diet doesn't work for everybody. And I went in and read, I looked at the article and read a pretty good portion of it because I wanted to see what they were saying about it. And it was actually very good. It wasn't saying keto diet sucks and nobody should do it. And it's just, it wasn't actually saying that it was really, truly saying here are the benefits of it. And here's where, here's what happens when it's not working for people and why we need to pay attention when something isn't working for somebody because there's reasons behind it and we need to make adjust the body is saying we need to make adjustments so the dangers of diet dogma I know that's kind of a mouthful um really and I've seen this a lot in practice over the past couple years and really over the past 10 years the past you know yeah a decade now of being in this world and doing and um starting to do this work where the big diets that are in the forefront. So for today, let's say paleo diet, carnivore diet, keto diet, vegetarian diet, and vegan diet. Those are kind of, let's just call those the five big ones. There's lots of offshoots of those. There's lots of other ones, but let's kind of just take those. Those are the ones that have the big followings right now. They get a lot of press. Uh, There's conferences and all kinds of stuff in relation to these specific diets. So there's a lot. What I see is it's, it starts to create some tribalism uh, where you're finding people who resonate with you, they get you, and those are all beautiful things and they're very important because we need connection. We need connection with like-minded people. It's, it's a very important and very healthy thing. However, what starts to happen is if anyone disagrees with the diet, if anyone says, hey, this didn't work for me, I did it to, I did it to the T, and I believe me, I've seen this myself. I did it to the T, it didn't work for me, I had all of these, I had these kind of problems, or I just, I didn't feel good, I was really tired a lot, or I didn't see any changes and it just really didn't work for me, which are all valid, it's, it's fine. If something doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, and there's nothing wrong with that. These things are not for everybody. But what I've, I have seen in these, again, these bigger communities, and it happens in other ones too, but I, I want to focus on these because these are the big guys right now. In these big communities, what I see start to happen is if someone is saying this publicly, that something didn't work for them, they are so judged and so shamed. I, it's, it's painful. It's painful to, to read some of the comments or listen to some of the comments that are made towards these people who are saying, hey, something didn't work for me or you know, so they're, they're not recommending it and that's completely fine. Do you, know, you can recommend, you can not recommend, you can talk about it. You can not talk about it, but to judge and shame someone for saying something didn't work. And they're not even like in, in a post I saw recently, and it was talking about something not working for them. Um, they weren't even, even saying that the diet was terrible and nobody should, they were just literally making the statement that it just wasn't working for them. So this is what they did differently. And this is what worked for them. And 
they were so like shamed, like, how can you say this doesn't work? This is her, this has helped so many people, which is, which is absolutely true. And that, you know, you probably need to do it different. You weren't doing it right. You weren't doing it, you know, well enough. And the thing is, is that is very shame. It's, oh, it's so painful. It's so painful to see that, that shame. And the thing about it is, is that there's actually shame on both sides. So the person is shaming this person for saying it didn't work, but you can feel the shame that they're feeling in that they feel judged. They're feeling judged by a person saying this didn't work for them because here's the underlying reason and going back to kind of the tribalism part and kind of weaving that together a bit, they have begun part of their identity has now been wrapped up in the diet, in the dogma. So you can see this a bit more. I see it some on the carnivore side, but you can see it a bit more in like vegan, vegan, vegetarian in that in their profile on Instagram or Facebook, that's part of their profile that they're vegetarian or vegan. And so it's part of the identity now. Now, mind you for, for me, and again, this on this side, this is just my opinion. Um, this is, we're just talking about eating food. Food needs to sustain us. Food, we, our body runs off of nutrients. We need food in order for it to run properly. So for years and you know, probably way far before, obviously way far before social media, but for decades going back, people ate what was available and they just, they just ate. So there wasn't any like, oh, you're eating potatoes instead of yams today. Well, what's wrong with you type of deal. That was not probably I should say probably I really actually don't know because obviously I wasn't there but I don't feel like that was probably happening because people were just eating to survive they were eating what was available to them and there because there isn't this wide range of options which I love personally I love to be able to go to the store or go to a restaurant and get whatever I want it's beautiful but because there wasn't a wide range of options there was no opportunity to shame or judge somebody based off of what they were eating now of course you could go to the well if someone was poor they were eating this if someone was wealthier they were eating this so you could go you could take it to that route but so let's just leave it in like kind of today's terms of the shame and the judgment side and so that's what I see happening is that because they're because our identities get wrapped up and I've done this myself I did this with gluten taking gluten out and being gluten-free I judged people I shamed people I was like everybody needs to be doing this because this worked for me and I was totally on that bandwagon so I did it there um I would I have been a part of the Weston Price Foundation which is lovely and I love a lot of what they do they do really good things they are talking about sustainable ways of farming and sustainable ways of raising animals and good good animal husbandry and healthy fats they've been huge proponents of that I love the foundation and what Weston Price was all about and I might I might get to that in a minute um we'll see if I can I can fit that in somehow but so I did I was doing the same thing there when I got involved in that and I loved and I loved the people and I loved going to the conferences but I would start to kind of say everybody needed to do this and as I started training to be a nutritionist and started to really understand physiology and how the body works and really truly understanding how much one size does not fit all one person's body is not going to experience food the same way that another person's body for multiple reasons once I started training in that and really started to have good knowledge of how the body worked it changed my approach it changed my mind because even early on I was very like autoimmune paleo was a big big deal and so everybody that had autoimmune I was like okay we got to do autoimmune paleo and if it didn't work for you it was like I was stumped and it was because I was in the dogma and not in the physiology and not approaching it from that perspective 
So now that I've had, you know, quite a bit of training in how the body works, how food works, the importance of different types of food and why some things work for some people and don't work for somebody else. That's how I'm approaching things with my clients now. The danger of eating within a dogma one of the biggest dangers, I should say, there's, there's, there's a few things, again, the identity thing, and then you can feel very judged and shamed. Um, if it doesn't work for someone and or somebody's saying the diet is bad, um, then you start to think that you're bad because you're eating, even though it's working for you and you need to keep doing it because it is working for you. You can start to feel like there's something wrong with you. It's like, well, but I like this diet. It's working really well for me. I'm feeling really good eating these foods and it's really changed my life. But if someone says, oh, that diet's a fat or, you know, this, that, or the other, we start to feel shamed and judged and we start to feel bad about ourselves. So there's this whole vicious cycle that goes along there. But a bigger, an even bigger aspect of the dangers of the eating from a dogma or eating from a very specific guidelines for a diet. Now I'm not talking about testing things out and seeing what works for you and maybe towing the line of that temp. I call, I call all those diets templates. To me, they're all templates. Like you kind of try them on and you see if they work, just like if you're creating something on, you know, well, back in the day, maybe PowerPoint. <laughs> I use PowerPoint occasionally or now today, maybe Canva, where there's templates available to you and you can pull the template up and see if you want to switch things around, what you like, what you don't like, what works, what doesn't work, and you can make adjustments. So that's why I see all these diets as templates because we can try them on. And then we kind of see what works and what doesn't work for that particular person. And then we make adjustments accordingly based on how they're feeling, how they're feeling is the important key here. And we know how they're feeling because we're, I'm teaching them to tune into their body and not the diet. Okay. I'm going to say that again. I'm teaching them to tune into their body and not the diet. So what I was seeing when I was doing more diet focus instead of physiology and person focus, not even the physiology, person focused um, approach was that it was all the conversation was always, well, I'm doing all of these things in the diet. Let's do more. You know, maybe I'm not doing it enough. Maybe we need to restrict more. And we weren't doing it from the perspective of what's working in the body. We were doing it perspective of the guidelines of the diet. So we weren't even listening to the body. We were just implementing a diet. And just assuming like with the, with when I was doing autoimmune paleo with people, I was just assuming that it was going to work for everybody again, because I was approaching it from the dogma and I was not approaching it from the person. Cause I didn't have enough education at that time. And as I went through, especially the functional training, oh my gosh, the holistic training did give me that background. But when I went through the functional training, it was just a whole, it was a whole new world. It just broke things down even more for me. So when we're approaching something from the diet, we lose sight of what's going on in the body. And especially if we've tied an identity to this. So I know, and I can't think of the woman's name. And I think this was a couple of years ago. She was a vegan, like really big in that community, like big, huge following. And she finally had to come out and say she started adding meat back into her diet because she was getting really sick. And of course, at first, she absolutely didn't think it had anything to do with the diet because that diet had been so healthy for her and she had done so well for so long and it was very health promoting. She was vibrant and had vitality and she's feeling really good on it. But then things started to break down and they started to go sideways. And so of course, 
because the diet is the identity. You're not going to go there first because now you have to deconstruct your own identity and what you have built up in your own head. Not to mention all of these other people who are following you because they're relating to you in the diet dogma. Okay. So when she came out and said that she was doing this, she was, oh my, of just a vis I mean eviscerated is the best word I can describe it was really like reading some of her story and again you know she was very hardcore in this and I didn't follow her so I don't know the things that she was saying you know against the meat industry and I don't I don't know where she was at with that so I it's not that I'm just I'm backing her story prior to that because I I don't know her history so I'm not going to even talk about that just that that moment when she had when she realized this wasn't working for her anymore and she was going to have to make a change and then she publicly had to talk about that. And I can just imagine how challenging that was, knowing what was going to happen, knowing this this persona and this career that she had built for her, for herself was going to probably go away. And I haven't. I again, I don't. I I don't recall her name, and I, I'm not sure what she's doing now. But it, just seeing what happened and what was thrown at her was was very challenging. And again, now she's 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 put herself in a position where she's identified with this and deconstructing that means things are going to go away and they're going to fall off and it's going to be really painful when we start to deconstruct the things that we have sewn up in our identity whether it's been something we've been taught we've been programmed we've been conditioned that's not really you but when things start to fall apart it's, it doesn't feel good it's very uncomfortable it's very painful it's a lot of dark night of the soul and it's extraordinarily challenging and so to say all that is it's so important when it comes to food and this is this is both my opinion as just a person and then my uh, my opinion as far as being a nutritionist is that the body is the most important part and the body's signals and what the body's asking for is the most important thing and yes we can have a debate on the treatment of animals and how horrible it is and what's going on with regenerative farming and healthy, you know, healthy animal husbandry and the sustainable farming that is happening on the flip side of the conventionally raised um, situation that we have right now. So we can have a debate about that. Absolutely. Because I completely agree that conventionally raised animals are, they're treated very horrifically, but I do know there's a lot of people working in the sustainable farming and regenerative farming industry that are not doing those practices. And they're showing that it's it's not only sustainable, but it's also scalable. We could also have the debate on that, you know, having a plant-based diet is the best diet. But in order to do that, we have monocropping. So monocropping basically means we have one one plant, one food source, like one vegetable that is planted for acres and acres and acres. And in a natural healthy ecosystem, you don't see that. So in nature, you don't see only one thing planted for acres and acres and acres are growing just that in acres. You don't see that in nature. And in nature, you see multiple things growing together because they complement one another, they protect each other, and they create good balance in the soil and they allow them to grow with health and vibrancy. When we have monocropping, we're damaging the plants. We have to, you know, we have to add more nutrients to the soil because they leach what they need and then it kind of basically um 
I was going to say dehydrate, but that's totally not the right word. They, uh, they take away all that, that specific nutrient. So the soil has to be constantly replenished. There's all the issues with the sprays and things that we have to pesticides, insecticides that we have to put on the plants, which also damages them, which damages us. That happens also because they're not complementary in nature, planting other things that keep those pests away. So that's a whole other debate too, is that that is also not healthy farming practicing practices. That is not healthy agricultural practice. It is damaging the plants, the health of the plants, and that's damaging us. So you can see both sides, we've got a problem here. So it's not a matter of everybody needs to be plant-based or everybody needs to be carnivore because those on large scale don't work. It's the same thing as I saw this has been a few years back now, but a statement in, um, this was in the vegan community. This is before the, like the carnivore community was really big. This was in the vegan community saying that, um, you know, how it doesn't, it's not natural for predator and prey and that there should be like a fence put up so that, uh, prey like deer could antelope could be on one side and then prey. So let's just say lions and tigers for lack of a better, you know, maybe wolves would probably be better there are on the other side. Well, what's going to happen is all those animals are going to die. It's not, it's not saving them. It's not part, that's not part of nature. That's not how nature works. There's always death and birth and, and destruction and construction. It's, it, that's just the way it works. If you do that, the, the prey on the one side, so let's just say deer, they're going to eat all of the resources that are available because they're going to overpopulate because there is no predator to keep the population at, you know, in the natural way the ecosystem is going to work. They're all going to die. Then on the other side, those animals, let's just say wolves, they don't have a food source now and their digestive system is literally designed to eat meat and break down and process it. So if they try to sustain themselves off of plant life, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to get what they need and they're going to die. Okay. So bringing that back to us, we can't just say, okay, we need to just do this or just do that because some people are not, they're not going to make it. I'm just telling you, our digestive system is set up to break down both. Now, if you want to only eat plants, do it. If you want to only eat meat, do it. It's not about one of those being right or wrong, good or bad, because they're just not, they're not any of that. They are, it's what works best for your body. How do you feel good? What feels good to you? Where are you having energy through the day? You're sleeping well at night. You can focus during the day. You can keep up with your schedule. You can keep up with your family. You can keep up with your kids. Your hormones are functioning properly. It doesn't mean you don't have a day or days where you're not feeling well, but consistently you feel well. That means what you're doing as far as putting food into your body is working for you. And it literally does not matter what that is. As long as you are feeling good and thriving and healthy, that is the only thing that matters. This, the restrictions and the guidelines of the diet do not matter if you are not feeling good doing it. So if you're doing, let's just say the keto diet, because that's one of the biggest ones right now. If you're doing keto diet to a T and it's not working, then you start with some carb cycling and that's not working. You tweak it again and it's not working. Let's say that your hormones go out of whack. You've got some thyroid issues, liver enzymes going up. You know, there's some issues with the kidneys, whatever it is that's going on, or you're not sleeping well. Um, I've known some friends who I've known some people who've done, you know, done vegetarian kind of slash vegan, like trying to move to vegan and like hair was falling out. They were getting sick. They were extremely tired and they're doing it right. So they're not doing it on the processed food side. They're doing it on the whole food side. So doing it, I, I quote air quotes, right. 
doing it in a healthy way where the, where the focus is whole foods. Um, and so it wasn't working for them. It didn't need to mean that they needed to switch over and do the carnivore diet, but adding a little bit of animal protein helped them get back to where they were feeling good. So if we limit ourselves to having to do this, and if we identify with these diets, instead of listening to what the body signals are and what the body is telling us to do, the body can, can not always, but the body can start to break down. So if you're following a really specific diet and it works really well for you for, let's say, let's say six months or a year, like you are you are sold. This is great. You are feeling so good. You've got energy. You're sleeping well. You know, everything, everything's clicking on all cylinders, right? And after a year, you just, you notice some changes. You don't maybe necessarily notice weight. Um, cause that's the first, that's kind of our, unfortunately that can kind of be our marker when it comes to food is weight loss or weight gain, but food can affect so many other things. It can affect your mood. It can affect focus. It can affect brain function. It can affect your hormones. It can affect your digestion. It can affect your nervous system. There are an immune system. It can affect any system, any organ of the body, because all of those systems and organs run off of nutrients, which are largely provided by the food you're putting in your body. So if you notice after a period of time that something doesn't feel right, make an adjustment. It doesn't mean you need to go completely off of whatever it is that you're following, but make some adjustments. If you're doing, you know, keto diet, then maybe add in some carbs and see how you feel. Do some carb cycling, play around with it a little bit. Again, make it a template instead of a doctrine. That's a really good way to put it actually now that I'm saying that out loud. The di- make the diet a template as opposed to doctrine. When you make it a template, it allows for adjustment within within that framework. And it also allows you to say, this template doesn't work for me at all, and I'm going to find a new template. <laughs> and then you start the practice of feeling into and listening to your body's cues and signals as far as what's going on. So again, if you're not feeling well, make some adjustments. If something feels off, you're all of a sudden you've noticed over like the past few weeks or month that you're just not, you're not sleeping as well, or you're feeling kind of sluggish when you get up in the morning. And of course there can be multiple things that could be causing that. It could be maybe you changed a job or you had a baby or there's some other big change that happened or an emotional thing is going on. So there's other facets to it, but take a look at what's going on with the food you're eating and maybe say, Hey, you know, I've been feeling really good, but now I'm not sleeping well and I'm not able to get up in the morning and there's not been really a lot of other major changes that have happened. So maybe my body's asking for something else. Maybe your energy output during the day has changed. And so then your food needs to change. Sometimes what we need changes from day to day, just depending on what's going on. How much energy are you expending? How much are you expo- How much energy are you exposed to? What's taxing for you? Did you have a big emotional upset one day? Your body's resources are now more depleted. You're going to need something else. Did you have a night where you didn't sleep very well? Well, you might need to change up what you're doing for the next day. And no, I'm not going to tell you what that is because you're not sitting in front of me giving me the down low on your, um, your history. So I'm not going to weigh in. I'm not going to give you specifics today. And I don't give specifics on purpose when I'm in a format like this, or if like someone online is requesting information or recommendations, I don't give specifics. And a lot of times I don't weigh in at all because I know for me, 
going the journey that I have where not having a lot of knowledge and just diet focus and diet dogma focus, I would weigh in on that like, oh, you need to do this. But after having some training and understanding how the body works and how really truly individual we are and how truly individually we process things, I cannot in good responsibility where I am not telling anybody else what to do or not to do. You weigh in if you feel to lead to weigh in and that's completely fine. But I can't, in good responsibility, knowing this, weigh in on what somebody is asking for because I don't know their history. I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know what got them there. So I don't know what's going to help them. I don't know what's going to make changes for them because I don't have a history. And so for me, the history and having that person in front of me and talking to them and getting to know them and building a relationship is part of what helps me guide them to make decisions, guide them to find new templates, guide them to listen to their bodies because it's not about just my knowledge and expertise it has to resonate with them they have to be able to make the connection in the body and then ask listen and make the changes accordingly so the the great diet debate i know this is this is this is a big conversation and it's it can be a very intimate conversation what we put in our body is a very intimate thing and you can feel very shamed and very judged based off of how you eat or how you don't eat you know you're doing this instead of that and we just not even from external for, forces we shame and judge ourselves a lot oh I shouldn't have eaten that I'm a terrible person I didn't do this well enough the world has now ended and I'm just going to go back to doing whatever I was you know doing before and just eat whatever I want because obviously I suck and I can't stick to it I get it. And we do it to ourselves all of the time. We shame ourselves constantly about not being perfect. So this is about, this is not about being perfect. This is just about starting to listen and, and cutting back on some of the noise that we hear externally. And it doesn't mean that you don't like, don't take some of that in and say, okay, that, yeah, I kind of think I might want to, want to explore that a little bit, but then instead of just jumping in, sit down and ask yourself, is that something you really, that your body's asking for or not? Because your body knows, and it's going to tell you, but you have have to be quiet enough and give it some time to let the, let it give you the answers. A lot of times we want to just jump into the next big thing because everybody else had, you know, this big major change. Just like, oh, well, let me do that and let me do that. And before you know it, you've tried 10 different diets in the last year and nothing's really worked for you because you didn't ask your body what it needed. And that's where we want to get you to is asking your own body what it needs and you learning that amazing skill so that you don't feel so drawn to those other things that you that you know are not making you feel well. So the great diet debate of the diet dogma, that's my two cents for this week. So I hope that was helpful um, in just kind of having a conversation about what that what that is and what's going on and um, what can go on, not, not fully, in some of these different communities and how things are are um, deteriorating and causing actually some disordered eating because we're not able to listen to the body anymore. So your practice for this next week, should you choose, is to do no practice around listening to the body. And you're going to feel, and I think I might have talked about this before, but you might feel like you're a little crazy, but when you go to eat next, if you're at, I'll do it when you're at home because it's easier because you've got control over what, what, what you've got in the fridge. When you go to eat next, open the fridge and ask your body what it's ask, what what it needs right now and whatever it's asking for just take it out of the fridge and eat it 
I know that sounds super oversimplified, but it's the way to start. And it may tell you like you open the fridge, you're like, oh, I want some olives. That sounds super random, but maybe your body needed a little fat and a little salt at that point. So you eat the olive. Okay. So that's a really simple practice to just start asking your body what it needs. And again, you might feel like this is crazy. There's no way your body's actually telling you this. Just give it a shot and see what happens. See what your body has to tell you and just, just roll with it. And again, if you're in a gut diet with a bunch of guidelines, Look at it as a template instead of a doctrine. And it's going to take some of the shame and judgment out of it and allow you the freedom to explore what works best for you. All right. I love you all so much. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a wonderful rest of the day and I will see you next week.